Hello. Hello. Today's episode, we're talking about the Andrew Tate documentary that the BBC has released, but it was made by Vice. It's called The Dangerous Rise of Andrew Tate. Yeah. This bone clicking. Get it out. All get it all out. Go on. <laughs> there you go. Everyone can listen to this. I don't click my bones at all. So there you go. Okay. All right, now that noise disturbance is out of the way. Let's get on with the show. Oh no, there's more. <laughs> okay, so we just watched it. I, th- I think it was very good, uh, a very good expose of Andrew Tate in that he is clearly a man who's committed serial rape in the UK. Yeah, I think that's pretty incontrovertible because it wasn't not to say just the testimonies of the women of course i believe the women their testimonies were corroborated uh, by his own admissions corroborated by his own admissions <laughs> on text message and voice message it's um, just incredible that the cps so the crown prosecution service in the uk doesn't prosecute men for rape when those men text their victims saying i love raping you i love raping you and what was the other one? Oh, it was i know what i'm doing is abusive and controlling yeah. But the I love raping you is really <laughs> how much? The more, only, it could only become more specific if he was like, I loved raping you last Tuesday at 5 a.m. Yeah. And that was the incident that they'd reported at the police station. Exactly. But other than it becoming more specific, what better evidence could there be given that this took place in private? Yes, yeah. And the so, testimony itself was very, or the woman's account of well, what three happened. Well, of, three of them all saying that he did yes. the exact same thing, yeah, which was, was strangling them, raping It wasn't them. ambiguous in no. any way, no. No, he even said to one of them first, I'm thinking about whether to rape you or not. Yeah. And then he did it. They were like having, it's a really interesting thing about his sexuality, which is they were having, they started to have like a normal sexual encounter where they were like. After three, four dates. And they were making out. And then she said he just laid back and something switched and he like started strangling her and being... Well, well he said first, because she, she was like, oh, what? What's she going must on? have thought, what are you doing? Because yeah. we were kissing and now you've moved away and laid back. And he just said, oh, I'm contemplating whether to rape you or not. And then he began Yeah, the rape. And uh, no, he's clearly a man with a lot of violent fantasies that he acts out in practice and has been doing that in the UK until he was arrested in 2015. He was never charged though because the CPS don't charge anyone, even rapists who admit it over text message. And then he went to Romania. Partly he does say it's because of Me Too that women were becoming more believed. Yeah. And I think that it was that thing. My guess would be that women are often sex trafficked from Romania and he thought, oh, well, I'll just sex traffic them to Romania and off there will be a lot of women in Romania that want to do this kind of thing because yeah. they're usually sex trafficked out of the country. Anyhow, um, it was a very good... It was a, a guy from Vice who's like... A soft, like... He's like a five foot nine, floppy head. Kind of like thought, Anglo-American. Thoughtful guy. Who's like probably from Brooklyn and has a liberal arts degree. Probably yeah. has a nice childhood in Surrey. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he went to... Andrew Tate's lair, basically, which again... Yeah, let's start with that. It was so bizarre. It's so bizarre because it's like, look, I get that people might want security, but as far as I was aware, no one's really trying... At that point, anyway, like Andrew Tate hadn't been banned off social media yet. No. He was very popular. This idea that you think people are coming to get you, or maybe it's because you know what you've done. Yeah, well, 
And it, the whole environment in the compound, and it really was a kind was of... was weird. It was, it was a compound. It wasn't just a house no. or... It's not a friendly place. Or a business. No, it was a compound. But the point is, is that he, in this compound... Everyone was very tense around him. The yeah. men, the women were silent. One was cleaning the already cl- very clean kitchen in the background. Another woman who was his right hand woman, who's now also been imprisoned, was there. And the and the British or the the Vice News um, reporter tried to have a conversation with her to go, "Hi, hello, how are you?" And she just looked like, "Am I allowed to speak?" Mm. And he's and Andrew Tate um, physically put his hands on the shoulders of this vice reporter and said she's busy she's working yeah and he physically guided him away from her it, the whole place was very sterile yes that's and, yeah that's what tim dillon said about it as well and a weird yeah. just a very weird vibe that would make you uncomfortable all the time it's just you can tell it's an eggshell environment yeah where everyone is afraid of angering andrew, andrew. yeah even the men who were there more the women Likely very much more so. But the but men also didn't really speak. No, no. It was very weird. As soon as he got in, he made a joke. So the vice guy, the floppy-haired vice guy, walks through the gates and he immediately makes a joke about, you know, the dog that came... The dog that comes over to be friendly, because dogs do this, right? They're like, oh, who's this new person in the house? Mm. He says, oh, bite him. And he makes a joke to the like about the dog. He's Oh, he's going to bite you. Bite him now. Yeah. It was immediately... Aggro. Yeah. Very aggro. So they have him on their podcast, emergency meeting. Yeah, I bet you have a lot of emergency meetings, you fucking criminals. Yeah. Like, even this is such a confession. Well, this is a thing, like, I know I've said it before, and I, I'm not belaboring the point, but there's this American capitalist myth of the business titan who comes up with a business idea or is a captain of industry and is very is, is clever and disciplined and cunning like you're a pimp. Yeah. You're none of these things. You're not Mark Zuckerberg inventing Facebook at Harvard. Or you're not even um you're not even the like some from the family that brought Coca-Cola to America and is now like an institution. You're not yeah. you're not even a Donald Trump, but I know his business acumen is whatever, well, it's, but well, it's very hard in this stage of capitalism to find a new oil field, right? Exactly. Yes. So he's just he's a common He's a common criminal, and that's and that's what it looked like in this compound. Was it's it looked very reminiscent of like what you'd expect a drug dealer, a pimp, a sex trafficker's compound to look like. And I don't think that I'm using confirmation bias. No, no. <laughs> and then there was this weird thing happening where men were paying five grand to be part of his war room. That was it. So this was another money-making scheme. And I think a hundred men mm. paid five grand. So that's, that's half a million into Andrew's pocket to go to this weird um, location. I say weird. Romania. The, loca- the location's not weird. What's weird is taking people out into the middle of nowhere so you can be in charge of them. This is just how you start a cult. I am really wary, even of... um. You know, like the Woodcraft folk again, this like nice lefty organization, uh, you know, originally at least, would take kids out into the middle of, you know, to campsites. And the idea is that they play collective games or whatever and be left wing. <laughs> I am quite concerned generally about this thing of taking people into the middle of nowhere, whether it's a feminist camp or a friendly kids camp, just because 
middle of nowhere often means lack of oversight. Unless, like the Woodcroft folk, you're a registered charity, you're yeah. a registered organisation, there's a board, there's this, there's that, and then there's enough people there with different roles to kind of keep other people in check. By and large, if you want to do some fucked up shit, you need to go into the middle of nowhere to do it. Well, this is why the Pacific Northwest, where I grew up, has so many murders right. <laughs> and so many like missing people. It's just this expanse of wilderness where you can dump bodies and you can get up to no good with no oversight. And if you call the police, it'll be oh, three days till the police gets to you. Yeah. Well, that's why domestic you know? violence is higher in the countryside. Yeah. Because generally in cities, there's a lot of eyes. Today, there's a lot of cameras too. So anyway, so this vice guy, he even goes with him to this war room event with these hundred nutters or who seemed like just to be honest very insecure men and the the program begins with andrew tate still at the front in this sort of large hall where he says which ones of you want to go and basically have a cage fight with like a a professional fighter wasn't yeah it? Yeah. And none of these men are necessarily trained. They're like newly arrived. They're newly arrived to this program. Yeah. Yeah. They're not necessarily... The vice guy wasn't trained. Anyway, so he said, who wants to do it? Come in the other room. So the vice guy, surprisingly, is like, okay. And already Andrew Tate had taken him to one of his training sessions and beaten him up Mm. and put him with trained fighters to beat him up a bit. Like, they wanted to bully him, basically. And he was, like, punching this vice reporter in the face. Oh, yeah. Like, like he made him bleed. Made him bleed, Yeah. And the thing is, is they said stuff like, oh, but you want to stop now. We need to go 10 rounds. If this was a street fight, we wouldn't stop round. Stop now. I'm sorry, but in a street fight, usually the person you're facing isn't a trained fighter. It's not based on this. It's it's also not what any gym with any ethics would do. You would never put someone untrained with someone trained trying to hurt them. Well, there's a lot of these kinds of rituals in masculinist spaces. It's also in the Proud Boys. Right. To be a Proud Boy, you have to, A, um, assault a communist. So they hang out around meetings for communist parties looking for communists to assault. And you have to be punched. It's like five or seven, like uh, like a group of men descend on you, punching you. This is, a, a, this is how you're initiated. You get, you get jumped. This is how you're initiated into the Proud Boys. Right. And it makes me thoughtful about... It's what gangs ma- have always done, right? You yeah, get, you yeah, get yeah. Jumped into yeah, it's gang. very common. I think it makes me thoughtful about male-on-male violence as a... Um, as an as a tool of 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 male socialization, basically, well, it, or ma- or fraternity and its role in it. It's well, it's about, also a way of bonding, right? Yeah, it's because the bonding. apex of that is yeah. that you get jumped into a gang, but there's some really dangerous criminal gangs that you have to kill someone to enter the gang, and everyone knows about that. And it's the idea that you will be loyal to each other, otherwise you could potentially go to prison for murder. Yeah, I think it's that, and it's also, like, after you've experienced some humiliation, basically, around a group of men. It's very psychosexual. Yeah, it is. Um, After you've experienced humiliation, and you're kind of brought down to this, like, very pathetic, fundamental level, you're bonded because you have that shared experience. It's it's boundary crossing. So I don't, I'm not meaning to say exactly the same, but the cultish elements that I've noticed within radical feminism are very much about getting women you don't know into rooms that you call consciousness raising spaces and getting them to talk about very private things that they shouldn't really be talking to anybody about unless they know them and trust them very well. So it's about getting rid of eliminating boundaries 
And then the other thing that they sometimes do is they get them into self-defense classes. So mm. it very quickly breaks down physical boundaries. Mm. Now, I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but it's the same logic of we're going to make it very, very quickly. We're all not going to have boundaries together in an inappropriate way. Well, to really build actual community, an actual sorority, an actual fraternity requires an investment and it requires time it requires showing up for someone it requires having conflict resolving the conflict having dis having disagreement resolving the disagreement. it also requires you not having a personality disorder to the gr degree that you can have long-term relationships well right and i think that's a function of people who develop those things yeah. because they're not connected to community exactly my point is is these kind of ritual humiliation tactics which have their own particular dynamics in both sexes. I think for men, it's male and male violence in this particular way. For women, it's um, oversharing, boundary crossing through like verbal communication or whatever. And, it's a, and it's bullying. A, it's a shortcut. Yeah. It's a shortcut to developing a bond. Yeah. Um, rather than um, the time and effort it takes to build actual community. And you could say maybe that community is not possible. And, and bearing the tension and ambiguity. Right. that long-term trust takes and bearing the tests that can face and that it can go wrong and that you can be wrong about somebody, but bearing through that long-term. By the end, you have a very solid friendship group or a solid group of activists or whatever. Yeah, I just think it's a, it's a shortcut to... Yeah. It's a shortcut to intimacy that's ultimately false. Yeah. Um, and really based on... Like a, I mean, the word is overused, but I think I'm using it correctly, like a kind of trauma bond mm. where you can't. It's also about bullying someone to collectively bond. Men and women both do that. It's putting another log on the flyer. It's just that the log this time is a person. Yeah. I see women do this all the time in their friendship groups and men do it when they get a new guy in the gym, like the vice reporter. And yeah. all kind of enjoy bullying him. And he's at the bottom of the pecking order. He's as soon as he went on Andrew Tate's podcast, he said, "Do you see the clown that hides from gay people? I you don't see the clown that we yeah. see. So you're gay." <sighs> it was literally like an an eleven year old, really immature boy's gay joke. Well, yeah, it's like building real community is a very difficult process that often takes a lot of time. That's really um um truncated by and made more difficult by capitalism not to use a shortcut but i i really think it's true when you're socialized into a into a economic system that tells you that you're a maximizer that tells you that you have to be dominant that itemizes you that alienates you and it's very you, difficult and that you have things like immediate commodity acquisition yeah it's really difficult to build actual community um, and I think it's po probably possible, but even as we get more and more alienated in every realm of life, it becomes more and more difficult. And these mm. kinds of humiliation tactics are another yeah. means of building fraternity. So what he did at first was he yeah. separated the wheat from the chaff. The men that were, perceived themselves as strong or willing went in the other room to go prepare for this cage fight. And the men <laughs> that stayed in the hall and wanted to protect their brains from being battered uh had to write and they had to face a wall they had to go and take a chair and face a wall mm. like dickensian kind of orphanage style yeah and then write an essay about how in the future they won't pass up opportunities anyway i should point out 
that all of this in the UK, it would be illegal because in the UK, if you are not a professional boxer with a professional boxing license and all of the box ticking that has to be done for that is quite rigorous, you cannot fight someone in a cage without proper head equipment mm. or in a boxing ring or whatever, because it's actually very dangerous. The vice reporter said, I nearly got knocked out then. I mean, this is craziness. Like yeah. A knockout comes from your brain taking so much damage. It goes, nope. And it saves you by switching off. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, you can't fight anymore. And hopefully you're not going to get any more head injuries after that. Anyway, so the guy goes in the other room. And I think after a couple of days, he fights the guy and the referee stops it because he just, you know, he can't cope well. That's the only time you see Andrew Tate smiling is when the vice reporter is getting beaten up mm. and he is just grinning. The guy is 100% a sadist. Yeah. On a extreme scale. And what causes that? His total lack of empathy. Yeah. But it's also in the just the enjoyment of cruelty. But where does that, like, childhood developmentally speaking? <sighs> yeah, not being taught to have empathy. Yeah. Not, see, not having it modelled. He really emulated his father, who who seems like a very different man to him. I think he's probably more like his dad in that he's a, actually a quite insecure, quiet, introverted man who's who, what yeah. his father seemed like. And that's what one of his ex-girlfriends said is he's actually, this, this idea he's an extrovert is a lie. He's just a real introvert who's just very quiet on his phone. He wants to make money and like have violent sex with women, but he he's not this persona of like a confident brash man. And actually you can see that, that as soon as he's questioned, he starts to stutter yeah, And he really fumbles his words. And he's never actually been in that position where he's had a discussion with someone who's corrected him about something and he's gone, oh, that's interesting. And he's had a learning experience. No. And that's very clear that he can't cope with that. And that's also why I think he's never bothered in education. He right. never wanted to be in the position of, I don't know anything. Let me go find out how much I don't know. But in doing that, I might find out some stuff through this degree that I'm doing. So he's never bothered getting a degree. He completely poo-poos education um, to almost bizarre degree. And you can see that he never has an open... Yeah, he's a very closed person. He never just has an open chat with someone where he's curious or interested. And when the vice guy began making sense and undermining what he was saying and really pushing him and questioning him, he started to stutter and fumble mm -hmm. like somebody who's not practiced at thinking reasoning discussing debating yeah i actually think he probably is somebody so limited and so socially poor that he doesn't really talk to anyone but his brother and his brother seems like quite a yes man yeah quite a yes man to him yeah i agree i think that's probably true and his brother i think his brother's younger brother his dad was this chess guy and he's oh my, my dad was a chess genius was he spit like he says i was a four-time kickboxing champion yeah in the made-up league of whatever but the guy, apparently his dad was a chess champion who habitually cheated on his mom. And he said to his sons, you'll understand when you're older. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we do now. We understand. And this culminated in a move to the UK from the US. At a very pivotal age. Of At a very 13, pivotal age. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So going from the US, I don't know where he lived in the US, but going to Luton must have been a massive culture shock. And very upending. Yeah. I mean, it's not even the same as going from the US to London, which would be strange enough. Right. But to go to Luton will have felt 
like a what the what is this what yeah. am i doing here because there won't have been a frame of reference no one's ever made a film in luton i'm aware of yeah. so he won't have had access to like oh, okay i kind of know where i'm going whereas if you moved from london or luton to california you would have had a whole stratosphere of what to expect mm. anyway yeah he just seems like a, a pure sadist and a pure he's not a um there's the there's two kinds of narcissism it's the fragile type and the and the malignant malevolent type he's the malignant type yeah so th- he is quite fragile there's three types actually okay there's the other one that's covert which is introverts right but anyway i mean he's he's fragile all narcissists fragile this is why these categories get a bit silly but yeah. the point is he's the kind of narcissist who's not I find it incredible when people say the word narcissist is just, it's an insult. It means you're a nasty person. It's no, not what it means. No, it means you not. can't love yourself and anyone else. And it comes from not being loved as a child. Yeah. And you end up basically enveloped in yourself. And those people are often very concerned with their body. They're not very interested in people. Um, they're sometimes a bit interested in things, but really they're about themselves. He's the kind of narcissist who's not just that. He is also... Malignant in that he's very sadistic. Yeah, there's some really interesting radical feminist stuff about how the process of male socialization is about the separation from the mother Mm. and about how masculinity really represents a separation from the mother, a separation from intimacy, a separation from love. Um, And there's something also about how narcissists are caused by um, mothers who aren't present during it, infancy mostly or, or any adult that is a caring figure it's about not establishing that initial yeah. um, reciprocal attachment where yeah. you love mummy or you love daddy it really only takes one um and it's not and they don't love you back there is right. not this replenished reciprocal yeah. thing and that is, so it's not a surprise to me that this is the kind of man who would be a masculinist yeah yeah it's not a way of blaming his mother, by the way. Fuck off, people. <laughs> well, it's just it's just that mothers are often the primary carer, and it is often the primary carer's job. There is also, of course, the fact that the fathers that are absent and he's could clearly, have been doing that job. And he clearly, the father clearly very much looms large in his psyche. He talks about him. Well, his mother's Norman. still alive and lives in Luton. Mm. And he says, oh, I pay for her. Sure you do, mate. I'm sure you do. And what's incredible as well is whilst this they've been in prison for the last six weeks, eight weeks now maybe, one of them's had a baby. So Tristan, one of his women, one of his girlfriends has had a baby. Mm. Apparently they've got a bunch of kids. Yeah, I saw one clip where Andrew Andrew said, oh, Tristan and I have more kids than most men put together. Yeah. We're way more children. But again, why is it hidden? Because it's sinister. Yeah. Because you're not doing this in a way of like, oh, yeah. I just even, you know, accidentally got two women pregnant. It's all systematic. Mm. This is all done through weird mechanisms of control. He's very conscious, conscious. And I think his behavior in the early 2010s when he was telling women, I'm, I'm abusing and controlling you, he was less sophisticated. But mm. it shows that he's very conscious, conscious of what he's doing. Yeah, he is. He's, he, this is not an unconscious drive in any way. Well, that's why he's worked out how to make a business model out of it. And he says at one point, he says, 
I was never interested in any of these women. I wasn't even really interested in fucking them. I, that was a means to an end. It was about getting it so that I was the whole world. They would have nothing else if they left me. And then they would do anything I wanted. And what I wanted was for them to become cam girls. Mm. So he's actually barely interested in women other than a, some violent sex yeah. and raping them. He's not interested in having a nice relationship with no, a woman. <laughs> no, there's no... It's... uh. Yeah, the the amount he's into fraternity is is borderline homoerotic. Yeah. Well, there's that there's that clip of one of his fans like sniffing his chair. Yeah, yeah. After he gets up, that's it's so weird. It's so weird as well because they would never be gay. I think I, I think in prison he might fuck a guy because that's kind of the ultimate like. Well, anyone can fuck a woman. Women are weak, but now I fucked a big, yeah. strong beefy guy i'm the ultimate dominator <laughs> i guess would be the logic um but yeah he there is something quite homoerotic going on in a certain sense um it's very yeah i mean andrew tate inventor of political male homosexuality oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah don't have sex with men we just build fraternity yeah, it's, uh, he's, yeah, honestly, I just, at the end of that as well, I mean, I do, it's on BBC iPlayer, came out today, people should definitely watch it, people abroad can get a VPN and watch it. Oh, you can watch it on Vice's YouTube channel, I guess. I don't know if it's out there, though. Oh, I imagine the BBC Well, it. I suspect so. Right. So, what I was going to say is, um... That, ba that the guy has done, so he's committed crime for so long. This this man has been wanted by various authorities for at least a decade, really. Mm. He just needs to be shot in the back of the head and yeah. buried somewhere in an unmarked grave. At this point, hopefully he'll go to prison in Romania and then hopefully the police will reopen the rape investigations here and put him in prison. But he's so beyond realising that any of his conduct is wrong I kind of just hope someone goes for it and succeeds. Yeah, and well done to the Romanians. Yeah. For arresting him, honestly. I think it's like, wow, you're making our country look like the brothel of Europe. and Which is not, already the reputation. Which is already the reputation. It's so incredible that he really thought, you know, with all this brashness, he says, no one can stop me. Actually, Andrew, there's this thing you can't escape called capitalism. And for that to function, there are certain authorities usually. I mean, I'm sure he'd want to be a libertarian, right? But no, at the moment, there are some authorities and oversight from the state that will mean that men like you do at a certain point. I mean, again, it's not, they're not doing it for the women, right? They're doing it because he's making the powers that be look as if they don't exist. Mm. that's the ideological rub here yeah i think it's that you're making a mockery because by and large a lot of authorities don't really exist unless they come knocking to your on your door yeah so the fact that he's been going on about i do what i want you know no one can stop me i just bribe the police if there's any issue it's like well now you've made it now you've compelled them to operate and act as they say they do and i think they don't usually operate like that but you've made it in their interest too and i think there's something very western there's a certain western chauvinism yeah that countries and states in the east they're all corrupt they're all terrible you can come to whatever 
global south um eastern european whatever country and run amok and yeah, which, who and cares and it's all untrue and it's all untrue i think obviously i'm sure there's corruption in the romanian state it probably just happens well, on a smaller scale than what happens in the united states say what tim dillon said yeah very i was gonna point. say what, what tim dillon said was he said you know in countries like Romania and other countries, you can participate in corruption with a smaller amount of capital. And corruption is more common, more ac- accessible to other people. In the United States, to participate in corruption, you need like a billion dollars. Mm. And he was like, it was probably a smaller scale in the US in the 60s and 70s. But as things advance, the the amount of money you need to show up at the table to, to be of corruption becomes higher and higher. But it's not as if these states don't exist. No, it's actually, it's also because you're not from there. Look, it's like when I go on holiday, yeah. I think the, the laws of the land, sometimes I'm like, oh, it doesn't apply to me. The museum says don't go in that room. Oh, it's fine. I want to put my head in because I just think, well, I'm not really here or, or something. So I think, well, I'm not from here. The rules don't apply to me so much. But I am aware that at a certain point, if you actually break the laws, you can't do the, oh, I'm just a stupid tourist line. Well, yeah, and it's also this thing of corruption has become one of the US's new ways of meddling in um, sovereign countries. Right. They say that such and such countries interrupt, so corrupt, so we need to intervene. Whereas they just do corruption on a much higher level and yeah. secure their impunity right. <laughs> better. So this idea that it's the Shining West, this like city on a hill yeah. where we're all ethical and wonderful and all the all the all the peons are these backwards corrupt people it's actually not true yeah like and really well done to to Romania for being like no forgetting this guy i mean they got him and the british police didn't but then that was for rape whereas i think what they're really interested in with this is sex trafficking yeah and the fact that the BBC- other financial crimes apparently as well tax oh, evasion oh really okay. yeah yeah well, I hope he goes to prison for at least 20 years because he has to go to prison to the point that this generation of men forget about him. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's horrific hearing from teachers and and people who work in education what, what this kind of content has done to, to young men. And they had a section in the documentary where they had like a little girl who was like 14 being like, Oh, all the boys in my class watch Andrew Tate. Yeah. And they all start saying... And then like, and a woman, I don't know, it didn't say how old she was, but she said, oh, my boyfriend, it's like a virus. He just like became infected with Andrew Tate. Yeah. And I, you know, we broke up because he was just so horrible to me. But now I'm worried that if I go on a date, how am I meant to know that that guy is not infected by Andrew Tate? Yeah. Yeah, he just needs a really good hiding for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. the death penalty. I support death penalty for rape. So do I. So. Especially things like organised rape, i.e. sex trafficking. Or and prostitution. Then, and then we don't have to worry at all about them coming out of prison in 20 years, him and his brother, goodbye. Yeah. So. And yeah, in the end, it ended with them summing up saying that a couple of days later he was banned from all the social media platforms, but he'd got around that anyway through his pyramid scheme, pyramid scheme thing of, you know, he would sell these courses to men that was really making Andrew Tate videos and then to sell more, not even courses, to join, mm. right? This is how it was a multi-level marketing scheme. And then they join, then you get some money from them joining. I mean, it was so funny, this idea that this guy thinks he's outside the matrix. It's like, you're just selling 
courses on one of them is just on reselling. Buy this plug on Amazon, sell it for a one pound fifty more on eBay. Like, wow, I have escaped the system. Thank yeah. you, Andrew. It's oh, just, it's honestly just a lot of these men. They they have such low self esteem. That I was think. what that was very clear from that one bit. Was yeah. that these are men, and they were talking about like, oh, I need to learn to challenge myself, whatever. But I think there are men who have foreclosed the idea. They can never go to university and get a normal job or whatever. Just or stand so- up for yourself. I'd just be like, fuck off, Andrew Tate. Bye. Well, yeah, but I think the point that they're interested, because they kept saying, like, oh, it's not right that we should just go get a nine to five or whatever. There are men who would probably actually like a quite regular nine to five job. Right. Or who are so arrogant, they think they're better than that. Right. Um, and there are men who they don't think are, they, they, they don't think they're capable Basically, mm. it's like the most pathetic, like Sigma male possible who would be yeah. paying five grand to go to the mountains of Transylvania with Andrew Tate. And then feel bad about not wanting to go to go in a locked cage where someone's going to try batter you until the ref stops it. Yeah. And you're not trained again. Like if you've done jujitsu and Muay Thai for three years, okay, maybe you could have a bit of a go. But even then I'd be like okay but there's got to be some limits right yeah the, these men pay that and then there was much. that weird hypnotist oh yeah he has a right hand man who's the guy looks about 60 and he looks like he weighs about 105 pounds and he's supposed he's the self-proclaimed best hypnotist in the world and he just seems like another andrew tate guy and that he says oh i have a girlfriend who cooks cleans for me does webcams all day gives me all the money then I come home, rail her, I have sex with her and my other girlfriends, and then the next day she gets up and does it, does all, it all over again. It is just this thing of men not being able to have enough money under capitalism so you can turn your girlfriend into digital capital Yeah, through pimping her, basically. Yeah. Is, why it's, uh, I mean, it's a belabored point, but it's why it's so ridiculous to think that prostitution is at all <laughs> like anti-capitalist or interesting or whatever or anti-sexist it's like just another like these men aren't saying oh i want my sexually liberated girlfriend to go have as much sexual pleasure as possible it's like no they'll do the pornography and they'll also cook my dinner yeah it's a very closely related kind of misogyny well the idea that you'd say well look you need to register as self-employed yes. your girlfriend needs to register as freelance self-employed and then the money that she gets um yeah she pays it to you as her manager i guess but then you need to give her you need to pay your taxes it's just, I mean, it's just ludicrous the idea that you could insert this and that it would help yeah it's like well the reality is that now she'll find it much harder to get a job in the real world because oh yeah and then they say oh no but we don't we want to get around the stigma of it okay let's get out rid of that um this woman's being sexually humiliated on camera and physically hurt every day how are you going to get around that and these like these men who buy and sell buy women have like wives and children yeah. there's like all kinds of accessory victims to prostitution like it's it's stigmatized for a reason because it's awful. Yeah. Well, I just think that... Well, the thing is, is that because they never recognise the John, they don't realise we want to stigmatise the John. Right. Because the, the John for them is always invisible because it's the man. And actually, these people are the ones that think women are culpable. Yes, They yes. never want to put responsibility on a man as a rapist. And I would I would argue it's very much about destigmatizing the John. That's yeah. what they mean when That's they say they destigmatise sex work. 
Yeah. You don't see them being like doing campaigns to be like, oh, you should still hire women for normal jobs who are in pornography. No. No, they want them to stay in pornography. I think that Andrew Tate's whole Dubai thing, so that happened after this too, I think that was him trying to flee Romania, though he went back, the idiot, so he was trying to flee Romania, potentially at Dubai citizenship, which I think is quite straightforward. Probably just probably buy it. From what I can tell, you pay a firm to essentially do all the hoop yeah. jumping for you, and you, I think you might have to give up other, you certainly have to give up your British passport, anyway, I don't know. Uh, at that point, I think what Andrew Tate wanted was with his like fake conversion to Islam. I think he wanted like four wives. They would they would be the ones that were private, his private property, mm. and then he wanted an army of public property women mm. who are his girlfriends who make money on webcams. But this just seems to be the leftist man's dream. Yeah, completely. Which is, I want a girlfriend who I want one girlfriend who's a prostitute because I agree with this, but the other one needs to be home making my dinner. Yeah. And then maybe I'll have another one that's a surrogate. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. it's just it's just every, in what every way you could exploit women. That's what they want: public, private, sexual, domestic. I wouldn't put it past someone like Andrew Tate to get into a business like surrogacy. No, I, that's very much in his wheelhouse. Yeah, it's just crazy that Andrew Dworkin wrote about in the 1980s these surrogacy mills where women would be living in a house being surrogates. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened in India. Yeah. yeah. It's just sick. Even today, I had a, I won't go into it, but I had a non-consensual conversation <laughs> with a gay guy that I was forced and obliged to endure. You had a haircut. I, I had a haircut. <laughs> and I did try to not reply many times. This interaction would be like a comedy sketch of like lesbians and gay men trying to interact with each other it's so funny like stern lesbian meets <laughs> gregarious gay man <laughs> so who, who wants enthusiastic conversation and i'm just trying to sit there like just trying to not engage with this anyway one of the conversations conversational topics that was enforced was about you know kids and wanting kids and i he was do you want kids i said yeah i want to have kids i did not ask i did not ask any questions back do you want to have kids? Because he told me. He was like, yeah, we considered having kids, but, um, you know, it starts at about 50 grand. And I just thought, yeah, well, good. Yeah. I'm glad you were priced out. And if only it was illegal and you got prosecuted for just Technically, thinking about it. Technically, it is illegal it. in the UK. You would have to go. Yeah, I was going to go abroad. But the the men doing it are so loaded and they're so fucking sick that I actually had to sit there listening to a guy saying, oh, I was thinking of renting a womb. And you know what's funny? He got asked by a lesbian couple friend of his just to like, could we use your sperm to have a child? And he said, no. Yeah. How interesting. He said, oh, I wouldn't agree with how they brought the child up. And then his example was that the mum would let the child stay at home if it was ill. And he thinks children should be brought up more rigorously than that. Mm. Oh, well, f a fucking great reason. Well, yeah. men think this is like the most interesting insight they could have into oh, childcare because they just have had no, <laughs> no experience with it. It's quite funny. Yeah, I mean, it is so priced out, and I think the more rich you are, the more separate you get to be from the woman, and the less pretense you have to have about exactly. value. Exactly. Jennifer Lyle, that anti-surrogacy um, activist, said she's like, I don't think the woman who gave birth to Anderson Cooper's baby knew it was Anderson Cooper's baby. Who's Anderson Cooper? He's the major CNN anchor. 
as a gay gay man. man. Okay, right. So she's like, I think the ones with the extra money aren't even told Mm. whose baby they're having. I just think if you can't, like, if having kids isn't a right, and if you don't have a womb, you can't have a baby, mate. Sorry. Yeah. That's it, really. And the same way, if you can't, let's say there's a couple, you know, there's two women who are infertile, this would be very unlikely, right? Yeah. Infertility is rare. And then two women that are both infertile, I don't know, adopt or don't. Like, I don't understand this thing of like, well, you're just not entitled. No. And sometimes it doesn't happen for you. But I do find it really funny. And actually, when we went to that Tim Dillon comedy show and he made a joke about like lesbians with like dried up wombs, I just wanted to be like, Tim, reproductively, lesbians can have more kids than any other couple literally twice as many yeah there are two female reproductive systems but there's just no acknowledgement the fact that like sperm is a dime a dozen and that's what happened the gay guy enforcing a conversation with me today his friend just went and found another sperm donor yeah it's not it's not fucking difficult is it no so men don't like to admit how sexually worthless they are. <laughs> yes. By that I mean in terms of value for reproduction. I'm not just trying to reproductively worthless. Reproductively yeah. worthless. I'm not just trying to say you're all bad at snogging or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, reproductively, um, that's how it is, and that's you know. Yeah, I think Andrew's gonna go to prison for a long time. I saw something by an analyst who said he's fucked. Right. Because they don't just have him on sex trafficking. They have him on tax evasion. They have them on, like, bringing women without visas. They have them on, like, the laundry list. Right. So he's he's fucked. Well, and the little th- lawyer he has looks incompetent. Well, they'll probably throw the rape stuff in there as well. Apparently the judge who's looking after the case mm. is pretty savage. Well, yeah, so. welcome to... It's not so corrupt now, is it, well, Andrew? Th- this is the thing that's so crazy is, like, I get the... You know, Tim Diller, when he said this thing about it was probably as corrupt as America was in the 1670s, you could pay off a police officer for a traffic fine. I get the impression that Romania is not a liberal place so much. So therefore, the state will not be so liberal. I mean, it's not going to be like Canada, where they call women's prisons health... Healing lodges. Healing lodges, which, by the way, I probably agree with. But in terms of men, hardly any men are sent to prison in Canada either, uh, unless you're indigenous, I guess. But like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the same in Romania, this is not the impression I get. The same with Russia. I think they have, very, in my mind, they have very strict prisons. And if you go there, you go for a long time and it is hell. Well, you know what Andrew Tate likes to say? It's the most Christian country on earth, which I'm not sure is actually true, but that's what, something Andrew Tate used to say. Oh, yeah. So welcome. Also, Andrew Tate said that thing where he said anyone who stab someone in the uk because here we have knife crime not gun crime yeah and it's true that people do die i think dozens of people die every year particularly young people of stabbings in the uk and andrew tate said anyone that does that should be put in a desert so to starve and dehydrate to death but we should get to watch on a webcam yeah from trafalgar square from trafalgar square should be broadcast live when this really put this really exposes also his sadistic Super mentality. Sadistic, yeah. But now, Andrew, I would, I would, I think it's really fitting that this happens to him. I wouldn't yes. have come up with it myself because I'm not very good at these kinds of thoughts. But yeah. now that you've come up with the punishment, this should be what happens to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good luck trying to pay the judge off, mate, Mister. I'm invincible. <sighs> Incredible. Incredible. Anyway, thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Tune in next time. And enjoy the Andrew Tate Vice documentary. I mean, it is horrific at moments. It's it's good. It's like an hour. They don't. It's not belaboured. It's definitely worth a watch. And my favourite piece of music ever gets put in it. What was that? Um, Mozart's Amadeus, the Requiem. Oh, yeah, and it's the gay guy who it's for his mom. Well, I think Mozart was probably gay, and it's oh, okay, and it's and it's written about his mother's death. So Aww. it's 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 grief stricken, but it's also you, there's like the sense of horror under it that you mm. can really in the aftermath of really losing someone very close to you. I think it's a very powerful piece of music. Mm. Well, so. look out for that. Sorry, right. <laughs> classical music fan corner. <laughs> I think I got the what it's called wrong anyway i'm tired but all right well bye-bye bye-bye